Last time I had the privilege of speaking to you, we talked, if you remember, about the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. And I don't know if you recall, because it was a few weeks back, uh, we were discussing the major event of me smashing a Matthew's lovely guitar potentially on the floor. Of course, we didn't smash the guitar. But what it was, I got three witnesses of Matthew, Mark and Luke in that example, all witnessing the same event from different angles. But we also looked at that time at Peter's character. And in particular, Peter's denial around that fire. Denying Jesus three times, if you recall, for fear of actual death himself. And Peter had been one of Jesus' closest companions, walking with him and sharing with him and eating with him, witnessing the many amazing miracles that happened. And yet he still denied him. And we focused on the point that when his moment came, he missed it. When the heat of the fire was literally on him and his moment to declare that Jesus was his Lord, he denied it not just once, not twice, but three times. Three times. Well, today we're actually going to jump outside of the synoptic Gospels and we're going to jump into John. But first of all, I have a question for you and it's this. Who here has a brother or a sister? You can put your hands up if you'd like. So many of you will know that my brother is also here in this room this morning. And possibly over the years, we've maybe had a few minor disagreements, maybe. <laughs> We get on like a house on fire now, of course. But what's important for you all to know is that my brother, as much as I love him, he's very often wrong. <laughs> In my opinion, of course. Now, I wanted to share with you actually on an occasion, and I say it was an occasion, that Matt was actually right in this brother relationship of ours. It's quite regular, that's what <laughs> Well, it's funny, I've got which was very rare <laughs> written down here. Now, I was fairly adamant that he was wrong. Now, the problem is that this event significantly took place 23 years ago. And I mentioned that because that event is still brought up today. Now, as a travelling salesman in my working past, I was fortunate enough to travel around the world. And that was quite good from country to country at the time. And I remember sitting down one night with our parents for dinner and I decided during conversation, which I might add, in my mind at that moment was very clear for me 
a declaration that Korea had the same landmass as China. Now, I don't know how good you are all at geography. You may or may not know which is bigger. I don't know. But it was no more of a sort of passing comment <coughs> at the time. But Matthew had decided to pull me up at that moment. Importantly. Importantly. I don't think you're right there, Kevin. Now, I was straight away like, pipe down, Matt. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the one who's travelling around the world doing these trips. I know, I know that Korea's bigger than China. Anyway, the, this wouldn't have been so bad had I not seen the knowing glint in Matt's eye as his brother. I've got a good read on that. Now, we're with our mum and dad. And the argument grew a little bit more heated. Now, I was convinced he didn't know. But the argument started to grow. Right, I'll prove it, he says. I remember quite clearly, Matt jumped up from the table and he ran into his bedroom and he came back with the world's largest world atlas. Now I'm pretty sure computers did exist back then. I don't know how he got hold of this atlas. Unbelievable, but he just said, bear with me one moment, Kevin. I'd just like to draw your attention to Korea, Kevin. And he opens up this big, massive page. And I think we'll see Korea just above me. And there was a lovely page dedicated to Korea. So I was thinking, yeah, it looks pretty big on that page and that pretty big book. We're all looking good here. Here, Kevin, is a dedicated picture to China. <laughs> now in the big book that I got, in the big page that he's showing me, it clearly showed that China was also quite large. Now, Matt then says, Kevin, can I now focus you on the world map and just check out the landmass of Korea in direct comparison with China? Now, as you can see from the map above, I was ever so slightly wrong on that occasion. <laughs> China being here, the big green landmass, and North and South Korea, just over there. A little bit, a little bit awkward for me. And 23 years later, this boy's still mentioning it. You've got to love your brothers, right? Well, this morning, I wanted to actually look at Jesus' physical brothers. But before we read from John, it is actually worth noting that Jesus actually came from a big family, actually. And you can find it in Matthew chapter 13, 55 and 56. And James was actually one of Jesus' eldest brothers. So turn with me to John and chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 1. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of the tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, 
leave Galilee and go to Judea so that the disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival, I am not going to, the fe to this festival. Because my time has not yet fully come. After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he also went, not publicly, but in secret. Now, as the festival, now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for the fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through this festival did Jesus go up into the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But who, he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. And we pray that God would bless the reading of his word. Shall we just pray? Father, we thank you that we can have this time to just share together and to look into your word. And Father, we just pray that you might help us to put aside the distractions of the week. And that we might be able to focus on what you have to say to us through your word. We ask that you might bless us now. We ask it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, when reading these verses together, did you see the true picture of what was actually happening? Was that clear to you? Well, if not, we're just going to look a little bit deeper. Now, it's almost time for the Jewish Festival of the Tabernacles. We know what the Festival of the Tabernacles is, right? For those that don't, it was the Jewish festival, festival that celebrated the gathering of the harvest, but also the exodus out of Egypt. And actually what this should do is give us a very vivid picture of the life and times that Jesus is working into and the culture that he's preaching into. And he's literally declaring that he is the son of God. The very God that brought these people out of Egypt. And the more that you look at these verses there's really quite a dark depth to this portion because of what his brothers are actually suggesting look at verse 3 Jesus' brothers said to him and this includes James by the way his eldest leave Galilee 
and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe him. Jesus' very own physical brothers, and of course his half-brothers, <coughs> did not believe in him. They were embarrassed by him. There's sarcasm there. There's jealousy there. There's frustration there. The brothers are pushing him to go declare that you're the son of God if that's who you think you are. No public figure acts in secret. Show yourself to the world. Look at verse 6. Jesus responds to them and he says this. My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. I really feel John starts to communicate the emotion of Jesus' heart here. Look at verse 7. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that it wor its works are evil. You go to the festival, I am not going to the festival, because my time has not yet fully come. You see, Jesus knows the path that lies ahead for him. And he decides to stay in Galilee for a short time. And his brothers leave. And then he goes up to the festival in secret. And the reason for that is Jesus knew what awaited him when he was going to get there. There was whispering among the Jewish leaders. The crowds were whispering about him. Some said he's a good man. Some said he deceived the people. And then it says around halfway through the festival, Jesus then goes into the temple courts. And he begins to teach the Jews. And they were nothing but amazed at what's coming from this man. How can this carpenter's son have such learning without being taught. Matt, over the last few weeks, has, talk, has talked to us about being authentic Christians, being real about our faith and our walk. And what Matt has been very careful to also do, he said to us to test what he's saying. Don't just take Matt's word for it. Don't just take what's said from the front. Look for yourselves. Look at the word of God. Be prepared to look. Matt's words won't contradict what the Bible says. The teaching from here is Bible-based. And this is exactly what Jesus emphasised here. 
to those that were listening. Look at verse 16. Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. A chapter earlier in John records for us a miracle that's also recorded in the Synoptic Gospels. And it's the feeding of the 5,000 plus people. You know that miracle very well, I'm sure. Now, you might also remember from a few weeks ago, I declared from the front that I missed a very important speaking engagement. I got a message prepared for the church in North Yorkshire. And the message that I'd actually got was based on the feeding of the 5,000. And what's beautiful about this miracle, aside from it being a stunning miracle, is that Jesus actually gives an instruction to the people. Those that had been following him all day had grown hungry throughout the day. He gives them an instruction. And Jesus says this, sit down, sit down. And what struck me at the time when I was looking and studying into this miracle is this, that those who were prepared to listen got fed. Those who were prepared to listen got fed. James one of Jesus' very own brothers was a complete non-believer. He did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. James was happy for Jesus to head up to Judea. Declare the Son of God. Let's see what happens with that declaration. Now before we come to a close today, I want to draw you to another book in the Bible, in the New Testament, just a little bit further on. And it's called the book of James. Let's see what non-believing James has to say about his brother Jesus. And the brilliant thing is, if you're going to write a book, this definitely gives you the opportunity to be honest. James chapter 1 and verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, what? James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that was unexpected. James... Jesus' very own half-brother declaring for us today he is the Messiah. 
He is the Messiah. Now, church history records for us very graphically that James became a significant leader in the early church. And he was taken to the temple courts to declare before the people. And he was taken to the top of the temple to tell the people, Jesus is not the Messiah. James was given a moment to declare that Jesus was not the Messiah. James, as church history records for us, declared that Jesus is the Messiah and they threw him from the top of the temple. All James had to do was not declare it. James lost his life. He lost his life because he was prepared to declare that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God. He was the Messiah. The fall actually didn't kill James. They stoned him. And they stoned him to his death. What changed for James? As, was Pete, as with Peter, the resurrection changed everything. It changed everything. My prayer today is that you would recognise who Jesus is and how much he loves you. He died for you. He's forgiven you. And you are only a prayer of repentance away from an eternity with him. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for these moments. We thank you that we've been able to look into your word. Lord, we thank you for the importance of your word. We thank you for this message Lord, to understand that we worship a risen Saviour and a risen Lord. Father, help us to be challenged. Help us to be witnesses for you to this generation. To glorify your name. To declare that you are risen. To share the gospel with our friends, our family, our work colleagues. Encourage us, Lord. Guide us, bless us. Father, that we might see many step from death to life. Lord, we thank you once again for this time together. Just bless us as we continue to worship and fellowship together. In these prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.